Tired of conflict, drama, fighting, and people problems? Are you ready to learn the simple skills to improve all your relationships and make them thrive? Well, it's easier than you think. Relationship Radio brings you practical advice to be your best and improve your life. We break down the complicated problems and make them simple and easy. And when you know better, you can do better. Here are Master Life Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles. Welcome to Relationship Radio, where we make healthy relationships simple and easy so you can know better and do better. I'm Nicole Cunningham. And I'm Coach Kim Giles. Excited to be here today with you to talk about one of my favorite topics today. Yeah, better communication. It seems to me that this is the number one question that we get asked with all of our letters and emails that we get back from people here on the show, because communication is such a critical part of all of our interaction. If we don't have good, healthy relationships, life isn't as rich. And the core to those relationships that makes or breaks them is how you can communicate with each other and solve problems and give feedback and do it in a way that validates and edifies both of you. People who have good communication skills have good relationships and are happier in life generally. It's that core. They do. And it's not just about conflict resolution. I think a lot of people think, particularly when it comes to marriage, when we say communication, they think, okay, we've got to be able to navigate ourselves through tough waters when it's murky and when we're having conflict. This isn't really the only thing it's about, Kim. This is about showing up, validating, making people feel important. Because if we do that through communication, we're less likely to have the conflict. Absolutely true. You know, I I wrote an article years ago for uh, the 1st of January, like a New Year's article. And I was trying to think of one thing you could do that would improve the quality of your life more than anything else. And the more I thought about it, it came down to your ability to listen and communicate. Because listening is, is a big part of it that we tend to forget about. Yeah, so we're going to challenge all our listeners today to say, okay, if there's one thing that you could do to make your relationships and your life more healthy and functional, we're going to give you a whole bunch of tips today. So we're talking specifically about men and women and how they're different in communication, how they're different when it comes to that. And we're also going to give you nine suggestions to actually improve your communication. So we know a lot of our listeners have a journal that they actually use every week when they listen to the show and take notes, which I just love. I'm so humbled by that. I have I to know, tell you. That's so fun. They have a 12 Shapes Relationship Radio Journal. They do, that every single week, and and we know this because people email into us and text us um, to say, look, you know, I found out my shape and and this is what I'm doing. So if you are, then get ready to take a whole bunch of tips for today. Uh, We're going to fill that journal. Uh, If you don't, and and this is your first time listening to Relationship Radio, we do encourage you to go to our website, 12shapes.com, and work out what shape you are. So Kim and I are actually uh, the developers. You know, we we birthed this amazing... uh, program around relationships called the 12 shape relationship system and the idea is is that there's 12 different types of people in the world and when you know what you are and when you know what the people you're in relationship with it really improves anything everything and it's a really critical part of this communication we're going to be referring to that a lot so if you haven't taken uh, the assessment yet on our website it takes five minutes um, and you can also have it text to your phone if you text 12 shapes to 801-666-2932 or find all the information at 12shapes.com so nicole can we get into the specific communication challenges that come up with some of the different shapes because it's interesting um, we have some shapes that struggle to listen and they're very opinionated and they run people over in conversations we have other shapes that are so conflict averse that they will avoid conflict and communicating about anything because it's safer not to talk about it 
we, we've got a lot of different ways that each of us approaches communication. It's, it's true. And it really comes down to what it is that we're most comfortable with. We have some shapes, for example, the circles, the hearts, the stars, the ovals, who and, and the triangles, who are really conflict averse. They're terrified of any kind of confrontation. They often struggle to, t- to speak their truth and having their truth heard and validated by others. So they're the ones who are less likely to engage, but therefore they're more likely to to sweep things under the carpet, which means that then things stack and it becomes bigger than Ben-Hur. And then we have the shapes on the idea line, which is our crosses, our, our rectangles and our squares, as well as our rhombuses and our octagons who are super, super confident in expressing their ideas and their opinions. And they often can be too opinionated. And so that's just, you know, they're they're used to that boxing ring. You know, they step in and they're like, yeah, I've got this baby. No worries. So when you're in relationships with them, you can often feel overtrodden and very powerless because they just are better at it, Kim. Now I have to throw diamonds in there too. I've got a diamond in my life and she talks a lot and she's got opinions on everything too. So I think a lot of diamonds that might be in play also. That's true. And the only one we didn't talk about uh, was actually the the arrow, which is both of us. And we kind of swing backwards and forwards. If we really, if it's within our ability to create that change, and it's very task and logical. We'll go in there for a little while, but we are more like those first list of shapes where we avoid, conflict, where we avoid it. And so uh, this, is, this is really critical because if you are in a relationship whether it's a work relationship or a family relationship, and you have got these feelings. And we, we work with a lot of coaching clients who just say, I just feel like no matter what it is that we're talking about, it doesn't matter the topic, it doesn't matter the circumstances, but I can't get a word in. And so or that person has to be right. And so that, of course, reinforces that part of them, if particularly if they're one of those first ones that were, shapes that we mentioned, where, well, you know, it's just not worth it right? I'd just rather back out. I'd rather not have and and just let it blow over and, and, you know, you're just going to take one for the team. But it's not always healthy, Kim. And I I have to say, we see this a lot in our office, don't we? Yeah. And we see this with ourselves. You and I are more runners. If if it's going to be a conflict, we're out. (laughs) We're out of there. And and there's a problem with that. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not healthy. It's a fear-based decision for sure, not a love-based decision. And just as equally, those shapes that are super confident with conflict and having their ideas and they're very opinionated, it's also unhealthy to be excessively that way as well because it doesn't make people feel heard, validated or safe with you. So eventually that creates a cost. So I had an interesting experience yesterday. I got to speak at a big convention. I was the keynote speaker. And and before I, I went on, I got there early and I went around and talked to a bunch of people. And they had all received a copy of, the, of our book, um, the People Guidebook. And so this woman came up and started asking about it. And I could tell immediately she was a square. And, and so, you know, I asked some of those questions. Do you, te- do you think at times you can be kind of opinionated? Can you kind of have a harsh tongue at times with some of those opinions? And she immediately just went into these long stories about how much a lot of her relationships are suffering because she can't bite her tongue. And, and it, was, it was amazing. One of the secrets that we're going to teach today on the call is what I taught her yesterday. And it just blew her mind because there are some very simple things you can do to stop yourself before you get into a conversation and handle it badly 
to prevent damaging those relationships. So we're going to get into that. Yeah. Now, the whole crux of this show is that neither extreme is necessarily healthy. And so every shape has to really study and understand how to get out of these two core fears so that they can be them best, their best. Because relationships and communication is based on two people being in a balanced state, Kim. When one of you tips over to unbalance, that then creates what we call in our office and at our events, the perfect storm, because their fear will then trigger your fear and then both of you unbalance. And that's what most of us are familiar with when it comes to conflict. So can I give an example of that? One of the ones that we see quite often is a a husband who's got fear of loss fear of loss that he's not getting treated the way he wants to, that he he doesn't feel like he has the time he needs, and he feels this mistreatment issue. And so he comes in and and criticizes the wife. Now, this could be the other way around. It could be the wife that's, that's this kind of shape, but gets critical of the partner. And this partner is more fear of failure dominant. So when they feel criticized and judged, their fear gets triggered immediately, and they tend to pull back and stay away and avoid this person, which literally triggers more fear of loss, which makes them do more criticism. And this just goes around and around and around. It's a, it's a vicious cycle that we see in almost every relationship. There's a, a level where if your fears get triggered, you, you're going to get caught in that cycle. Now, the magic of the 12-shape system is that it is actually a research scientific-based model around human behavior. So we're not just talking strategy here. This is actually behavioral. Because, And, and I want to talk about that because our conscious mind, Kim, doesn't want to treat our lover or our spouse like that. We don't. It's the behavioral part of us that kicks in, which has got a lot to do with our subconscious programming, and it's got a lot to do with us at our worst. So as you're hearing this today, I'm hoping that our listeners are being able to identify, yeah, okay, this is not something I consciously do, and more importantly, it's not something that 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 person consciously does to them. And this is where the 12 shapes is such a simplistic system where we can understand human behavior, and then we don't have to make the other person the villain, because that's what we hear so much, particularly in our work is that, well, she does this or he does that and therefore they're a bad person. So he's the bad one and I'm the good one. It's not. It Everybody has the same value. It's just that once you understand the shapes and more importantly, those dynamics that are in play between those two shapes on a behavioral level, then everything opens up and changes. So I had somebody at the conference yesterday tell me, well, I just did the strength finders and it was so great. And then there's a lot of great personality tests that'll show your strengths. And she asked me what the difference was. And I said, really, we're, we actually show you where your bad behavior is. And I know you sometimes don't want to see that, but it's the information that you need the most. You need to be able to see some of the subconscious bad behavior that you might not even be aware of so that you know what you get to work on. And you recognize that you and everybody else has bad behavior. You just have different bad behavior than they have. And so we really have to stay out of judgment thinking your bad's worse than my bad because we all have bad. And, and every week on the show, we try to normalize bad behavior because none of us escape it. But the ability to apologize sincerely and communication is such a big part of that and to own and be accountable with the people you love, that's what really strengthens relationships even when we do experience this bad behavior. So, Nicole, I want to get into one of our nine suggestions to improve communication. And the, and the first one was don't be afraid to communicate. There are a lot of fears that get in the way of us wanting to talk to people. We fear rejection. We fear criticism and judgment. Um, Maybe through your life, you really learned as a little kid that it's safer the less you say 
because everything you say can be twisted and used against you. A lot of us have programs like that that really push us away from communicating with people. And and that's the first one I think we need to all be aware of if it's in play. So a big part of the way that we do this is that perhaps the way you perceive something isn't accurate, but the feeling that you feel is accurate because all of us are entitled to feel the way that we feel. Yeah, I love Dr. Paul's got a great saying. He he says all the time, our friend, um, you're never wrong about how you feel. You're always right that you feel that way. <laughs> it's so true. And it, so it doesn't mean everything about the way you're seeing it is right, but your feelings are. And so when we communicate how we feel, if that's not met with validation, that's a really big problem. And that triggers more of this of being fearful. So just take this as the first real nugget from today is that if you're afraid to communicate or if you're, you're in a relationship with somebody who is afraid to communicate, remember, whatever is they're saying is real for them. So no matter how much you disagree with it, it is so important that you hear and validate and you listen effectively. Okay, so I have one more example on that. I actually had a manager approach me yesterday and who said, my biggest problem is I get these leaders who need to give their people feedback, but they're such nice people that they don't want to hurt others, and so they just will not give feedback. And it's really causing problems, and it also happens in a, in a family. If you won't speak up when something is wrong or something bugs you, you're not, that is not a solution. The problem isn't going to go anywhere, and if anything, it's going to grow. But, but we see that a lot at work, too. And I think what people need more than anything, and we're going to give them that today, is to learn how to communicate feedback in a loving way. Don't you think? I completely if I can, agree. If I can talk to you and do it so nicely that you feel loved and validated, then there wouldn't be anything to be afraid of. Hmm. Okay, our second tip for today is check yourself that you and make sure you're seeing the situation accurately before you talk to someone about it. Now, this is a tricky one because we all perceive what we see as accurate, Kim. And it's just your perspective. It's not necessarily truth. <laughs> yes. So we talk about this in the 12 Shape Relationship System in that I will always see my life through an arrow lens and I will automatically assume and project onto others that the arrow way is the way that they see it too. And that's often where all this discord happens. So we've got to be allowing for other people to have their own opinions, their perspectives, but we also have to be open-minded enough to be corrected. So all the, you know, this is comes back to that number one, what you feel is accurate. What it is that you have emotionally is accurate because you're allowed to feel that, but it doesn't always mean that what it is that you're seeing is accurate. So it's that question of, do you believe everything that you read on the internet? No, <laughs> we don't. So in the same way, how can we go about, Kim, making sure that the way that we perceive something is accurate when we can't help but be a little selfless or selfish with seeing things the way that we do? Okay, so one of the things you can do is always make sure that you're seeing the other person involved as the same as you, as having the same value, and and there's no good guys or bad guys here. We're both struggling students in the classroom of life on the same level. And if you will stop yourself before every conversation and make sure you're not talking down to the other person, but you're seeing them as the same as you, that is a really good check for accuracy that you're going in right. Does that make sense? Um you also need to make sure you're seeing yourself and your behavior accurately. Are you contributing to this problem in some way? Do you Have you had fear trigger that's causing you to be selfish, immature, or just 
generally behave badly. We need to stop and own our own fear reaction that's about to drive this conversation. And if the whole conversation is driven by fear, it's not going to go well. Now, some resources for that, Kim, is that if you are listening to these two core fears and saying, I don't know in that moment and I need to check myself whether I'm in fear of failure or fear of loss, we have shows specifically about this uh, for, on Relationship Radio, Human Behavior 101, Human Behavior 102. Now, if you haven't familiarized yourself with those two core fears, how it drives bad, unhealthy behavior in relationships, and more importantly, how to get out of it, please do go back and listen to those shows. They're really critical to be able to achieve what it is you're talking about, Kim. Absolutely. Good resources. Um, You know, Nicole, we've got We've got so many good resources on communication skills. I, I wasn't sure which one you were going to refer people to, but also on the 12 Shapes website, we've got a resources button where we've got all kinds of worksheets. And a lot of them are worksheets that you want to fill out right before you have one of these conversations to make sure that you're in trust and love and not fear. They're such great tools and they're all there on 12shapes.com. Now, a lot of people um, email us in and say, hey, that worksheet really helped. But what happens when I'm not in it at a moment where I can pull myself away and fill fill out a worksheet? And this really comes down to we know that you're listening to Relationship Radio because you're suffering in your relationships. So many of us are suffering in our relationships and it hurts and it costs us. So if you can't do it in the moment, make some time like these wonderful listeners who create a journal. Make this study and and do it in your other time because the more familiar you are with the principles of the program and the 12-shape relationship system, the more it will become instinctual. And we're seeing this with our inner circle community, Kim. We are. It's about repetition. And I think the only reason you and I are so good at it is because we talk about it all day, every day, right? So we're repeating, repeating, repeating. And that's what you need. If you know that that's what you need is more repetition, so it really becomes internal for you, you really ought to join us for our inner circle community. All the information is on our website at 12shapes.com, but you get access to special coaching calls with us and tons more resources and classes and worksheets that everybody else doesn't get. Yeah, that is the way to be coached by us every single week. So all the information is at 12shapes.com. Okay, we've got to take a break, but after the break, we're going to give you the rest of those nine tips and start talking to you about the difference between men and women in communication. So stay with us. You're here on Relationship Radio with Nicole and Kim. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Are you a fan of Relationship Radio? Are you ready to take your relationships to the next level? Perhaps you are still struggling with relationships in your life or struggling with your self-confidence or some negative thinking. We can assist you. Our Shape Up Coaching Program is available to our listeners all over the world. We offer private one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and family group sessions where we teach you about your shapes and how to really strengthen, build, and nurture each of your relationships. Discover how to resolve conflict, how to overcome fear of confrontation, and really work on your self-esteem like never before. For information about your coaching options, or if you're interested in becoming a certified coach to work with Kim and Nicole, send us an email, info at 12shapes.com. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. 
Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at 12shapes.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back. You're with Nicole and Kim today here on Relationship Radio. And we're talking tips for better communication, a show that has been really needed for a lot of our listeners. We receive a lot of um, emails from you guys about what help you need in your relationship. And we know that we're only ever as healthy as our most unhealthy relationship, Kim. So let's get more into some of these tips. We've got nine tips for you on today's show to improve your communication. Okay. So just a quick review. Our first tip was actually about seeing the other person as the same as you. Make sure that you're not talking down to anyone. The, the next step in really good communication is to start with it being all about the other person and not about you. We say set your stuff aside up front. And for some shapes, this is really easy to do. They're great listeners. They are more comfortable listening than talking. So they're happy to not start off being the one talking. And just to ask questions and listen. But for other shapes, this is like holding back the tide on planet Earth, trying to get them <laughs> to not talk first. There's blood coming out of their tongue. They're you know? fighting it so hard. <laughs> like literally, when I tell them that you have to put your agenda and all the things you want to say in another room, shut the door, come back in this room with none of it in the room, and all of your attention has to be on the other person. They th- I think they're going to quit breathing. So let's talk about the ones that find this easy. Hearts, okay. ovals, and arrows are the ones who, and, and, and triangles are the ones, and stars actually, and stars, are the ones who are more likely to just sit and listen and make it all about them and it's fine. Okay, it's the octagons, it's that ideas line, the rectangles, the squares, and, and the crosses. It's actually our fear of loss dominant. It is. That our, struggle with it. You know, and our diamonds and our rhombuses who are there saying, hey, if I don't get that bit in, they need to be told this because it's right. <laughs> and the fact that they think they're right means that all those rules don't apply and they can talk first because they're right. And I just, I just want to talk about those shapes for a little bit because there is only so long that those shapes who are in relationship with those fear of loss dominant who, who have an agenda will actually put up with it. And we see this a lot, don't we, Kim? We see that ultimately listening to that agenda and having a person make you wrong because they share their ideas and they truly believe that their ideas are more superior those other shapes only stay around for so long. So if you're a person who you're thinking, you know what, I can't keep and hold down relationships. People leave me. Or, you know, people tell me I'm too opinionated or my ideas are too strong or I have a soapbox. Maybe there's something in that for you today because it is unhealthy to always believe that your ideas are superior. So, Nicole, I, I really believe if you get two people together to have a conversation before a word is even said, they can feel If you are in this all about you, or if you are coming into this with the capacity to show up for them, 
I think we feel it in that energy and already we're defensive before they've even said a word if we can feel that it's all about them. So for me, every time I go into a a difficult conversation, I got to pause for a minute and, and literally commit myself to giving and making this all about listening and making the other person feel validated and show up for them. And my stuff is going to come later. I'll get a chance to talk and share, but, but it's really a commitment to love in that conversation and not win, but actually love. Now we we train life coaches. I don't know if people know that about relationship radio. Yes, we have a coaching but academy. we have a coaching academy for people to become life coaches. And when we train this in our five month training program, a lot of our coaches come back and say, "But how do you do that with sincerity? Because now I feel like I have to do it because you told me to do it." We're, but the the trick is to actually do it from a place of love and sincerity. So it's not a form of manipulation. You mean you actually have to care about the other person. You do. And, and I'm surprised how many of our weekly coach training calls with our life coaches, this comes up because, yeah. and, and I think what it really shows us is that in human nature, there is a part of us that just is so desperate to be heard that we take every chance, which makes us really poor listeners. Yeah. Really selfish. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. That's something we can all work on. That's a great one right there. <laughs> that's tip number 10. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> tip number four is we want you to be a master question asker. And and the cool thing about learning to be really good at asking questions is a lot of times you can resolve the conflict completely without even saying a word. If you ask the right questions to help that person think through the issue, the situation, what's going on, well, have can you think of any ways we could solve this? And they could come up with lots of them. And and this is the, the most ideal situation in a conversation if the other person does most of the talking, but in the end figures out what you wanted to tell them anyway. Now, the reason this is so difficult is because when we hear something we don't like, we get triggered into that unbalanced state and that defensiveness comes up. And then we want to talk again. That's right. And this is for all 12 of the shapes. So this is something to be really aware of. If you're hearing something you disagree with, whether it be on the radio or the television or somebody in your life, can you sit there and say, okay, well, this is one way to see it. And maybe I could learn more about why and they perceive it that way. Or are you more likely to jump in there and you've got steam coming out of your ears and there's blood pouring out of your tongue because there's a part of you that's ready to jump because you're ready to get that opinion across and say, no, this is wrong. And I I have to tell you, this is not just in our relationships. This is with all of our political views, our religious views. This is the stuff. So practice when you listen to the radio. Can you sit and listen and be okay with somebody having a differing opinion to you? Wow. So we were talking a little bit um, about conversations when you have to give feedback and tell someone their behavior is not working and you need a change that before you get to any of that, you need to ask them to give you some feedback. You need to say, is there anything I could do better to show up for you? And and that question opens you up to possible attack that they're going to tell you what you do wrong. And you've got to be able to be in a place where you remember that your value isn't on the line, that you have the same value as them, no matter what they say, no matter what they think about you. But if you can do that and take feedback, you create a safe place where you will then be able to give feedback and have it more honored and respected. Does that make sense? Completely. So as we ask questions about what this other person thinks and feels, what their ideas and opinions are, what concerns or fears are coming up for them, and is there anything I could do better or different? Those kind of questions literally 
Create a validation. Now, understand when we say validate the other person, we're not talking about agreeing with their opinions and what they say. We're talking about validating their worth as the same as yours by asking questions and listening and honoring and respecting their right to be who they are and see the world the way they see it, feel how they feel. So this is connected to what we talked about in the beginning of the show in that everybody gets the right to feel what they feel. In the same way, everybody gets to have their own opinion. And think what they think. And think what they think. And this is where these shapes that are so opinionated and that they feel the need to tell everybody else what is right for them, while at the same time dismissing everybody Everybody else, that's what fractures relationships. Whenever you find yourself in a position where you are making somebody else wrong because of your opinion, you are risking losing that relationship. I really hope that's loud and clear on today's show because it's unhealthy and we see it so much in the marriage cases that we work with in our office that too much of this has happened and sometimes it's hard to reel it back in. Oh, wow. So, Nicole, it's making me remember I had years ago, I, I set up a lunch with one of my daughters. And I thought this was going to be such great mother-daughter bonding time. You know, how sweet. We're going to have lunch together. And when we got there, she thought it would be a good time to express some some stuff that's bothered her that I've done. And so she started telling me all this. And being an arrow, I'm real sensitive to criticism and judgment. So my fear of failure got triggered. And I immediately got defensive and started launching back. And, and then halfway into it, I went, okay, come on. You do this for a living. You teach this quit it. So I had to step back and say to my daughter, tell me more. Tell me what makes you feel that way. Tell me, tell me more about it. Why does it bother you? And I literally had to open myself up for her to attack me further. And through that whole experience, I had to sit there and remind myself, my value's not tied to this. This just because she had these opinions doesn't make them true, but she has the right to have them and feel this way. And it was, it was so difficult, but at the same time, so empowering that I actually felt amazing about myself that I had the power to not get defensive, to stay in a place of strength and love and let her express where she was. And, and I'm not saying that's easy to do. I mean, this took a lot of practice. Yeah, I'm speechless because that, that really is being bulletproof in your self-esteem and your self-identity to be able to do that. The fact that if you're not there yet, you will, you'll get there. You got to keep practicing, taking your value out of these experiences that nothing anyone says or does changes your value. You're safe no matter what. So this is a big part for a lot of our shapes that are fear of failure dominant. So if you are a person who's a pleaser, who's looking for approval, if you're one of those shapes that needs to feel safe in the world by having everybody okay with you, this is the work to be working on. This is the the personal development to be launching into because the more bulletproof that you can be about your own identity and your own self-worth and self-esteem, regardless of the communication around you, you will be okay. Oh, that's so good. Okay, so Nicole, we we tell our clients that a lot of their conversations with the people they care about most need to stop here. They need to all be about listening and you need to not take a turn to talk and tell your story and your opinion. Why is that such a big deal? And, and talk about 
your five to one ratio that you encourage clients to follow? Yes, yeah, so this is tip number five. This is about building trust. Now, the people who love us the most feel the safest with us. And in order to feel safe, this has got to do with trust and it's got to do with you being allowed to be who you are without receiving negative feedback. Now, the way that we achieve this is being a dedicated listener. So again, putting th- away that agenda, that need to be right, that need to tell people your opinion and, and make it all about you. And in a five to one ratio, you're spending five times out of five doing validation of that other person, hearing them, making them feel important, asking them questions, learning more about what's important to them, to the one ratio where you will give feedback or you will actually have your idea heard. Now, again, this is hard for some people because- That's a high bar, five to one. Yeah, but it is the safest way to rebuild after a conflict as well. So it's the problem, you know, it's the solution to the problem. So if you have had uh, a conflict recently and you think, gosh, we're, we're recovering and it, it, we both kind of did a knockdown drag out and it's all very fragile. Then we go back to this five to one as a form of repair. Why? Because it builds trust and safety again. So the way to do this is to be a listener, put your agenda aside, make it about them, validate what's important to them is important to you. So if you've been somebody who's been very opinionated, done a lot of talking and not a lot of listening in the past, you may have a hard time getting your family and friends to even talk to you. You might ask the questions and they're not going there because they don't trust that you will really listen. They're just sure they'll end up getting clobbered by your your opinions. So if that's the case, if you've had a bad track record on listening, you're going to have to apologize a lot for that. And you're going to have to ask them to trust you that you're going to give them 10 minutes and you're not going to say a word and you're really going to listen and they can hold you to that promise. You may have to vocalize a lot of that before they're going to give you another chance because you've got them all too scared. Yeah. Don't you think? Completely. Now, the other thing is when you listen, you're not looking around the room. You're, you're making them important. You're not looking at your watch your phone. or your phone. You're really showing up and making it about them and giving them center stage that makes people feel safe with you. It actually validates their worth as a human being because we are not willing to do that for people we don't care about, that we don't care about those relationships. So the longer that you will spend listening, the more they feel cared about and important. And that's what you want. You want to be somebody that makes everybody you talk to feel important. How cool would that be? That's the person I want. We have to consciously work not to stay out of conflict, but to strengthen our relationships because that's what makes relationships healthy. So this is the work to be done for all of us listening today is we have to strengthen our relationships, not just be avoiding the conflict and the hard stuff. Okay. Now, Nicole, on occasion, when you've got the one, it is going to be your turn to, to talk. We've got a rule, and this was the rule that I taught the the lady yesterday who said, I've just blown my relationships up because I don't ever listen. I always talk. So what I taught her is your new rule is you can't say anything at all unless you've asked permission first. So what this might sound like, and I actually did this with my daughter that day at lunch. I let her vent and vent and vent and vent. And then finally, I said, hey, sweetheart, would you be open So let me tell you a few things about that situation that you might not know. Would you be open to give me like 10 minutes and let me share what happened and and don't interrupt me? Would you be willing to give me that? And, And she had to say yes. Now, 
on occasion with my teenagers, I will say, would you be open to a suggestion from mom on what you're doing? And they will say no. And when they say no, you have to honor that. You have to say, I respect that. You have to be willing to walk away because what we're trying to do here is build relationships of trust. But majority of the time you will get a yes because you've earned it because you've listened and you've validated what they've said. And this is why this step has to come first. We've got to validate and show up for others. Then we ask a permission question and then we come in with, you know what, you know how much I love and respect you. You know how much I care about you and I want the best for you. But you know, and you know, how much I respect your opinions, but would you be open to the fact that I don't see it that way? And what's important to me may be a little bit different and it doesn't mean it's wrong. So that permission question, once you've earned the floor, you know, and and you can stand on that stage and you can actually then have your voice heard, this permission question is how we we kind of lead into that. And this is strategic. Inviting them into your world. Now, this is this is an invitation. When I taught this to the lady yesterday, she's like, I can't say anything without asking permission. No, nothing. You always have to get their buy in that they actually want to hear from you. And if they don't want to hear from you, you have to walk away. And I mean, her eyes were like huge. Seriously. But nothing would improve her relationships more than honoring and respecting people enough to ask if they want to hear what you have to say or not. So this is great practice at family gatherings. So holidays, we've got Memorial Weekend coming up. People are getting together. We're going to a big barbecue with all of our friends. Practice this not only with your spouse, practice this with everybody. Listen more than you make it about you. And once you've heard it and made about you, ask a permission question before you have your opinions heard. You have ample opportunity with everyone in your life to practice this skill and do it for the people you love, but practice on everybody. No, I have to tell you, Nicole, sometimes with my teens, when they say no, they don't want my, to hear my suggestion, I will say, no problem. I respect that. Good luck with it then. And I will walk away and they will come back to me about 30 minutes later, almost every time saying, okay, tell me what you were going to say, because it bugs them that they don't know. They're, they're afraid there's something out there they don't know. So that happens with my children too. It and does. my children are younger. So I do think this is one of those things where, again, you've earned the right because you showed up first. That's really yeah, what it comes down to. And respected them. Yeah. I, I know you and I use permission questions a lot in coaching and we are always asking our clients, would you be open to an observation? It, it's become a, a real rule all across the board for, for you and I, and it pays off. It does. It really, really works. Okay, we've got to take another break, but stay with us. We've got two more tips for you around communication. I'm going to talk about the difference between men and women in communication. So stay with us. You're here on Relationship Radio with Nicole and Kim. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Are you a fan of relationship radio? Are you ready to take your relationships to the next level? Perhaps you are still struggling with relationships in your life or struggling with your self-confidence or some negative thinking. We can assist you. Our Shape Up Coaching Program is available to our listeners all over the world. We offer private one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and family group sessions where we teach you about your shapes and how to really strengthen, build, and nurture each of your relationships. Discover how to resolve conflict, how to overcome fear of confrontation, and really work on your self-esteem like never before. 
For information about your coaching options, or if you're interested in becoming a certified coach to work with Kim and Nicole, send us an email, info at 12shapes.com. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at 12shapes.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back. You're with Nicole and Kim here on Relationship Radio, and we're giving you tips for better communication. Now, the last two of our nine tips are really critical because this has got to do with language, and we hear from our inner circle community, which is our 12 Shapes weekly coaching with us. Uh, we hear this a lot, that the language is where a lot of people get caught up, and it's also when they receive negative feedback because what happens when you learn new language is people around you go, hang on, what are you doing are you doing some pop psychology thing on me? You've changed. I hear that with a lot of my relationships in my life. Don't you try and do what you do with your clients with me. <laughs> I know I do it. They tell me, don't coach me. But do it's not, not that we're me. trying to coach, and it, 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 but it is that language is important. So let's talk about this tip number eight for better communication, and that is using more I statements than you statements. When you use you statements, the other person will always feel judged hypersensitive, criticized and blamed because it creates a defensiveness, Kim. It really it's does. An it is an attack. When, they, when somebody says, well, you did this and you do that and yeah, you're going to be defensive fast. You are. But it's also, it places that position of power that, that shift where that other person becomes more pe- superior and they're talking down to you. And whenever that happens, we feel defensive because we feel vulnerable. And we work with a lot of women who say, you know, I either just burst into tears or I fight back and I, and both of them aren't good. I don't want to be in my weakness, but I also don't want to be in my aggression. But that vulnerability comes out because we do feel attacked. So instead of this, instead of those, you did this and on the 4th of July last year and you didn't clean the kitchen and you, 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 we use I statements, which is I've noticed that you come home and that you're very tired. And I really understand that. But I also notice that you don't participate with the kids as much as we would like you to. Or I notice and I find for me that you're just not helping me as much as I really feel I need it. Those I statements and more around observation of their behavior is far less of a ridicule and that position of abusing power than what a you statement is. Yeah, I think it's really powerful. Now, I had uh, an executive come up to me yesterday and say, this is not what I learned. I learned that when I write emails and talk to people that we should not, that we should not use I, we should use you because I sound selfish. If all my emails are, well, I, 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 it, it makes me look selfish. So this is the opposite of what I learned. And, and what I had to remind him is, is the rule flip flops when it's a feedback conversation when it's a feedback conversation and you're going to tell someone that they're doing something wrong, then you need to flop it and you need to talk about your observations, your feelings, what you've noticed, what it appears to you to look like, because they can't argue with that. They can't say, no, it, it doesn't look like that to you. 
Well, you're entitled to it. It looks the way it looks to you. They can't argue with that. So the more that you use those I statements, they really have to honor that and let you be where you are. Does that make sense? I love it. The final tip for today for better communication is focusing on the future. Now, before we get into this one, I want to talk specifically about the crosses, the squares, the octagons, and the rectangles. Now, these four shapes are more likely to be stuck in their past. They're more likely to be unable to let things go, hold on to grudges, be more vengeful, keep a score. And it doesn't mean that it changes their value and they're bad people and they're villains, but they, and and if you're listening to the call today or to the show and you're thinking, yeah, I can own that. I am, I'm a square and I, I find myself being in the past and holding on to past things that have gone wrong, past grudges. So if you are one of those people, this is really a, a critical one for you, but it's one for all of us as, you know, as any shape that you are of the 12. And that is whenever you focus on the past behavior, that other person is powerless to create those changes. Because they can't change the past. They can't. So it's very disempowering and it therefore triggers more defensiveness. So when we focus on the future, it's better. Now, to give you an example of this, I had an opportunity to practice this in a very big way with my nearly 10-year-old who was given a curfew on her tech and she was given responsibility that, you know what, once it hit 8.30, she was going to take herself off tech and she was sleeping. Now, I went in there at 10.30 and she's still on it. Oh, she's in trouble. So I had a very powerful choice to make. I could either completely lose my nana and chuck a wobbly and it was not going to be pretty, or I had an opportunity to go in and say, okay, lights off, it's over now. And then the next morning I had time to cool off and I went in and I used this focusing on the future. I sat her down and I said, Annika, we need to talk about last night. We need to talk about the fact that you went over your curfew with tech and I want to see how you feel about it. Again, I want to hear her first. So I'm earning permission to come in with my piece. And she said, yeah, it was just really hard. I was in this great level and I'd never got there before. And before you know what, I know that I did it wrong and I'm really sorry. And I said, okay, I really hear your apology and thank you. It feels sincere, but we need to talk about what you think would be adequate consequences. So would you be open, permission question, to in the future, focusing on the future, would be you be open in the future that if this doesn't happen, then we need to have a consequence that is heavier than what today is. So you now lose tech for two weeks. <gasps> oh, man, two weeks. And, and the meltdown happened. And I just said, look, I know that going forward, I can trust you with this. I know you have this and we're not going to have to have a harsher consequence than this. But, you know, we have decided that two weeks off tech is the suitable and adequate, you know, consequence for what happened last night. So I need you to go upstairs and get your charger and you need to give me your laptop and it's off school, you know, apart from homeschooling, it's now off limits for the next two weeks. Oh, you're such a good mom. I love it. You had well, no, I, I slept well. on it. <laughs> I slept on it and I had an opportunity to think about what would I, what do I want to do because this is a make or break. I wanted to strengthen the trust in my relationship with her instead of going and, and make it about control. And there's parenting shows on relationship radio all about that balance between trust and, and control. Now, Nicole, when I go into a conversation that I, I'm going to give feedback or ask for different behavior, I want to know at the very beginning what the question is that I'm going to ask about to change in their future behavior. So I'm already going to be ready to say, hey, moving forward, next time this happens, would you be willing to do this moving forward? I'm not going to go in and say, you did this last week and last month you did this. The more that we go there, the more defensive the person gets because it is impossible for them to change the past. So 
I just have that in mind. What is the change that you want to see moving forward or next time it happens? And ask them if they would be open to giving you that. And I promise you're going to have so much less defensiveness. These conversations are going to go great. And just in closing this this part of the show and, and this content and these this coaching lesson for all of our listeners, I just want to put out there that any time that you bring something up from the past, a past grudge judgment or a past you know grievance that's happened or, or you let me down or you forgot my anniversary or last year's Mother's Day, Anytime that you do that, you are damaging your relationship. The past will never serve the present. And so if you are all about healthy relationships, you're all about the future, moving forward, strengthening, building, nurturing, let it go. Make a decision to bury it. And I love what you tell our coaching clients to do, which is to bury it in the ground. (laughs) Yeah, I make them write all their grievances about past behavior and put them in a jar and bury it three feet down in the earth. And they're not allowed to bring that stuff up ever again unless they first go out and dig up the jar. And it's such a pain that they don't do it and they let it stay buried. But it's symbolic. It's very symbolic. And I think that we are about healthy relationships here on Relationship Radio. And the past and bringing that up to hurt somebody is never healthy. Never, never. Okay, we've been promising everybody that we're going to talk about the differences between men and women. I actually want to talk about the men first. And I partly want to do this because I know we've got we've got male listeners, but we had a lot of women listening to the call. And there are a few things about men and conversations that you just need to know the way they think. They often like to avoid conversations with us. And we hear that from a lot of people that my husband, I cannot get him to discuss and talk about things. Well, the reason is he doesn't feel safe. He doesn't feel like it's going to be productive or he feels like it's going to be painful. (laughs) So there are three things that your husband needs to know before you start a conversation. And if you will let him know those things, he'll be a lot more open to talk to you. So the first one is, is this conversation going to end up painful? Is it going to end up with me being the bad guy and me being attacked? Because if that's what this is going to look like, I'm not in. I don't want to do it. And I'm kind of laughing, Nicole. I think as arrows, we kind of have a little bit of this. Don't you think? Absolutely. Because we avoid pain. Right? We're we're runners and head in the sand people. (laughs) Absolutely. So if at all possible, you can tell this arrow or this man up front that, um, you know what, this isn't going to be a conversation that's about trashing you and making you feel bad. You're not going to end up being the bad guy at the end of it. So would you be willing to talk to me if I can promise you that that's not going to happen? That would be huge. Now, the second one is, is how long is this going to take? Now, that's an arrow thing too, not just a men and women thing. Because if I'm going to lose two hours of my night, I'm not interested. Or you know what? You said this to me in pillow talk and now I'm going to be up to one in the morning. I'm not interested. So again, set the tone. You know what? Can I have a 10-minute conversation with you? Or you know what? Can we talk about this over date night if it does is going to take longer? Set an expectation. And the final thing is is what actually do you want me to do? I'm going to listen to you. <laughs> and once this conversation is over, what am I going to fix? Because men and arrows, we are, we're very masculine, aren't we? We we, are. we get into fixing, right? So ultimately, what is it that you want from me at the end of this? What action can I take? They're the important things for okay, men. So really quick at the beginning, we can ask permission. Would you be willing to discuss this with me? If I don't make you the bad guy, it only takes 10 minutes. And all I'm going to ask at the end of this is that... 
this one request and it, and it's going to be moving forward in the future. Would you be willing to? What a great permission question. If you could throw all that in, they'd be a lot more open to talking. I love it. I love it. Now for women, we are more likely to take things personally. We're a little super sensitive. Things are intimate for us generally more than men, which means we are more likely to hold on to those past hurts. We are more likely to bring those up. Yeah, we are. That's true. So our, so our three things for women is ultimately ask leading questions. Now, the way that we do this is, you know, I'd like to. You know, yeah, actually, just, I, I think this is one of the problems with women is we ask these questions that we don't necessarily want the answer to. We're so communicative. We like to talk about everything. An example is, so what do you think about us buying a new coffee table? When the truth is, you've already decided you wanted a new coffee Yeah, we table. have an agenda. We So if you ask him for his opinion and he doesn't give you the answer you want to hear, then you're going to be upset. Those are not the things you want to ask as questions. You better go in and say, I've decided I would really like a new coffee table. Can you support me in that? I was stuck there with my words because I do think that this is quite a negative thing. And I don't want it to sound negative. I didn't know what to say. But this is, I think, a, a destructive thing that women do. Yeah. And, and another one that we sometimes do is we'll say, are you thirsty? And it's because we're thirsty and we want to stop for a drink, but we ask them if they're thirsty. They say no. And then we're really bothered. Like, how don't does that work? ask questions you don't want the answer to. Just tell them what you want. Love it. Love right? it. The second one that, that women do is we send mixed messages because often the time we are faster processes, although I wouldn't say that about arrows, we're slow processes, but we go in there and we give these mixed messages. So be clear about what it is that you're asking for. Own it. Go in there, have the conversation. Don't play head games. <laughs> so the, the classic example of this one is fine, Nicole, when the husband asks, is, are we good? And she says, we're fine. We're not fine. We're not fine at all. (laughs) But that's a mixed message. So you want to try to stick to content communication where you say exactly what you actually mean and you don't leave a bunch of stuff up for interpretation. And the final one, we we have to wrap the show up today. The final one is is don't ask if you don't want to know. Now, women tend to be sticky beaks. Do you know what that means here in America? No, and I think you lost everybody on Chuck a Wobbly. (laughs) Oh, really? Chuck a Wobbly is have a spectacular meltdown and have a fit. But... Uh, you know, being a sticky beak, that's ultimately putting your nose in somebody else's business. Now, you know what? Trust your husband. Trust your friends. Get out of their business. If you don't want to know details, don't ask for them and prepare yourself for stuff that you don't want to hear. Okay. So the classic on that one is that, so how many girls did you date before you married me? <laughs> I mean, yes, we don't, don't want to ask questions that are just going to piss us off. The answer. Yeah. Or the, how many times have you worn those pair of underpants? Because they've kind of been on the floor. <laughs> you know, this is with teenagers as well as your spouse. Really? Absolutely. There is a lot of stuff we don't always know to know. <laughs> okay. So, Nicole, we've covered so much stuff today. I, hopefully, you've taken notes. But just know there is instructions for how to have a mutually validating conversation, which is what we've taught today on our website under the resources and the worksheets. So everybody's going to want to go get that. 
And then join us for the Inner Circle Calls because we talk about the how to have difficult conversations all the time on that call. We do. So you get weekly coaching and there's a huge community vault of resources that you don't get if you just listen to the show by joining our Inner Circle community. This has been a fun show. I hope it's been valuable. I think it'll be one that we all go back and listen to. So thanks for joining us here on Relationship Radio today and join us again next week because we're going to have more relationship skills and advice so you can know better and do better. Thank you for being a part of Relationship Radio. We hope you've not only received some great ideas to improve the relationships in your life, but will join Master Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles again next Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a wonderful week.